Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about, guess what, memorabilia. What's the best pieces of memorabilia that you have? Connections with stories, connections with wrestlers. We ask the nation and they share some of the best stories I've heard in the 11 years that we've been on the air. Also, we talked to Sal Vacano. Amazing 30 minutes with Sal from Impractical Jokers about some of the stories. He shares a story with Roddy Piper. He shares a story about Bully Ray. We talk about it all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, how the hell are you, man? Good morning. It's great to hear your voice. I'm excited. I'm excited for the show, man. We haven't done a show together in a long time. You were moving. It was your birthday. We had Bully on in a three-man booth, which was fun, but just me and you jiving all the time. It's what we do. No interruptions. No one else is going to come on this show, and we are just going to have fun. No one's going to be that dark cloud, that giant mass known as a Bubba cloud, but it's sunny. It's sunny and bright outside, so yes, this show is going good. Well, uh, I agree with most of everything you just said, Tommy, but we are going to have some people join the show today other than you and I. Well, I know our guests. Like, you know, we're just, you know, coming around doing the show. Um, I don't know if Gabby told you or not, but when we have our guest on, Sal Vacano of Impractical Jokers is going to be joining us at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, which I'm really, really excited about. Also the host of The Misery Index and... You know, their movie just came out just before, you know, COVID hit in late February. So we're going to talk a lot to talk about with Sal for a first time ever on Busted Open. Because, Tommy, you've been featured on a couple of episodes of Impractical Joker. So there's a lot to talk about with Sal. Sal's a huge pro wrestling fan, but I don't know if Gabby uh, gave you the message or not. And I'm guessing she didn't based on what you Whoa. just said, but... Well, wait, hang um, on, hang on. I mean, Sal's a big star. It's finally great that I have my own interview time with a big star. I feel kind of like Wednesdays, we get the older, you know, veterans, but like, you know, you guys save the bigger stars for like the Mondays and Tuesdays, but now this is my opportunity. This is my shot. I'm going to step up. You know, I'm, I, I know you watch it. I'm like, I got to host my own reality show, Dave. I got a lot of good stuff going. So this is going to be a big day for me. Well, a uh, couple things. Um, again, I don't know if Gabby told you or not, and I'm guessing she didn't by what you just said again, is that uh, our very own Bully Ray is going to join in on the interview uh, with Sal. Um, he's kind of upset about the fact that he was coming on on a Wednesday. Um, he, claims <laughs> he's a he claims he's a better uh. friend of Sal's than, than you are. So uh, you're still going to be doing the interview, Tommy, but uh, Bully is going to be uh. a part of that interview as well. Oh, okay. So I'm sure Mark Henry will be calling in too on my days. Like that's everyone likes to do. Anybody yeah, else? But we we actually Matt Camp going to come in. Ryan McKinnell going to come in on Wednesday. I got one day. I got to have everyone jump in on me. I it's like John when I get up out of my seat Ryan. and both my dogs jump on my seat to smell my Tommy Dreamer man scent, and then they just lay in my spot. That's what I come on. Oh, way to but, bring it down. That's only for you know fifteen twenty minutes. But the rest of the show is all yours, Tommy. Let's do top five ways to bring it down in a wrestling show. 
<laughs> Read us well, your stuff. <laughs> and the top four will be Monday Night Raw. Hey, oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, yeah. Monday Night Raw doing everything they possibly can to ruin pro wrestling. But uh, I digress. Um, Tommy, you know, Gabby put up, uh, you know, she emailed us before the show. She had a rundown of, you know, what to talk about in each and every segment. I got to be honest with you. When I saw the email, uh, don't tell Gabby, but I deleted it because, Tommy, you and I haven't done a show in so long. I figured you and I should be able to, you know, freestyle with the Busted Open Nation. You know, you and I are just wrestling geeks. We come on the air together. It's just freestyle. Talk to the nation. Bring up anything that's on their mind, anything that's on our mind. And kind of catch up, Tommy, because it's been a while since you and I have done the show together. Absolutely. Formats. We don't need no stinking formats, Gabby. Come on now. Yeah. You know, I have never opened our, my serious XM email ever <laughs> since like the first day I've, I don't even know my own password. I'm going to, we should do that <laughs> on the air to see how many serious XM emails I have. She was, uh, Gabby was like, yeah, did you see this email that I sent to you a couple of days ago? Like, I don't look at my email. Why would I look at my email? I'm a, you know, I'm a host here. I'm the star busted open. Why would I uh, be looking at any people should be reading the emails to me. I shouldn't have to open them up. That's a lot of effort to open up an email. Very heavy. I saw your uh, post of your new man cave, man. The new house is coming along. I seen, uh, we haven't, uh, shown when you first open the door and you have the, uh, the Tommy rich autographed t-shirt when you first walk into your house, but, uh, the man cave's looking good. Where'd my well, voice just go? Well, I don't know. Your voice just went, but I'm glad you brought up the Tommy Rich shirt because the Tommy Rich shirt is actually right behind me. I haven't put it. I have to. I haven't had the opportunity to encase it in glass, but I have Tommy a bare wall right here, as you can see. The busted open nation can't, but um, I have a bare wall that is specifically for two things. One. The Tommy Rich shirt that you got for me that's autographed by Tommy Wildfire Rich. And also the Mike Jackson shirt that you got me that's autographed by Mike Jackson. So that wall is going to display those two shirts. But I do have the man cave going, which is a question I'm going to throw out to you in the Busted Open Nation because I think it's a good one. What would be the one pro wrestling piece of memorabilia that you would want for your man cave? What's the one thing that would make your man cave complete? What item would it be? For me, I got to be honest with you, I have it. It's the Tommy Wildfire Rich t-shirt signed by Tommy Wildfire Rich because that was the first wrestler I had ever seen in my life when I tuned to Georgia Championship Wrestling for the very first time. So to have a piece of memorabilia from Tommy Wildfire Rich makes this room complete. You have a ton of pro wrestling memorabilia, Tommy. Is there one piece that is the one that is completed, or is there something that you're lacking that you want? Uh, as I'm getting older, I'm getting a lot more stuff. And, you know, before the pandemic, I realized, like, I don't have a lot of signed 8x10s, and I, I got a really cool one with Sergeant Slaughter. I want to get some more autographs just made out to me. Um, I have tons of sports memorabilia, but not so much for wrestling. Uh, when every morning, like I have, you know, an underwear drawer where I pull out my underwear, um, briefs, by the way, not boxers. And on top of that, and I go, I go to it every day, but on top of that, I have a picture of me, Dusty and Cody. And when I open up, so like, I guess that would be like my biggest piece of memorabilia that, cause I look at it every day and downstairs. No, it's. I never, I mean, I have wined and dined with Kings and Queens and I don't have a lot of those memories are in my head and I'm they're like, what, two more chair shots away from just totally being a blank, like, ooh, like an empty room. Like I'm in right now because I'm still stuck in wrestler house, by the way. I can't we have leave. To get into that. We have to get into impact from last night, but I, ha you mentioned Sergeant Slaughter. Um, my father took me to see. Sergeant Slaughter versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair at the Meadowlands in 1985. And I have the program and I brought it in when we had Sergeant Slaughter in studio and I didn't even ask him to do it. I just showed him the program and he signed it for me. So like that is like a piece of memorabilia that I absolutely love because it's a program of, you know, a card that my dad took me to. And, you know, my dad's been been gone for, you know, 23 years and to have Sergeant Slaughter sign that, 
and telling him the story and it actually brought a tear to Sergeant Slaughter's eye. Like that piece of memorabilia for me is one of my most cherished pieces that I have. So, I mean, for I, me, that memory is amazing. Uh, Johnny Candido, Chris Candido's brother, gave me his wrestling magazine collection. And uh, there was, man, it was a, I think it was called like Freedom Pro Wrestling Magazine, probably had like two episodes, uh, two magazines. And Sergeant Slaughter signed the cover of uh, that for a young Chris Candido. And I keep that. And I also, and I've shown this and I've talked about it on the air. I have a Adrian Adonis and Bob Backlund signed magazine uh, from the early eighties that Chris, uh, was Chris's as well. Wow. This is a good topic right away. We're going to start this trend. I know, uh, Zach Ryder, his man cave is the $42,000 honky tonk, uh, Greg, the hammer Valentine rhythm and blues doll that he had to have. Cause he's a weird man. And Action 40- figure. I wouldn't call it a doll. The doll. <laughs> That's like the curse word. When you're talking to people who collect, you can't call it a doll. Okay. I'll call whatever I want. Action figure. Fine. <laughs> if it's happening in baseball, it's on MLB Network Radio. Passon just said that eight more Marlins have tested positive. Report from Jeff Passon of ESPN this morning that eight additional Marlins players and two coaches have tested positive for COVID-19. If you get a breakout, how do you manage it? This is one of those worst-case scenarios. Who is safe to be around? Who's not? Baseball at its first crossroads. For the latest news and talk, it's MLB Network Radio, Sirius 209 XM 89. You know it was a cool piece of memorabilia I actually was going to get? I wanted to get uh, a Singapore cane with all the people who were kind of a fan had showed me. He got Kendo Nagasaki. He had Sandman. He had me. He had Just Incredible. And he wanted to get the great Kabuki for all the people who had the Singapore cane. I was like, you know what? That's a really cool piece of memorabilia. And I wanted to do that. And then, uh, unfortunately, Kendo Nagasaki passed away. And Great Kabuki lives in Japan. I don't think I could ever uh, get that. But I thought that would have been a, a very, very cool piece to have. Something where a handful of people had, you know, had. That's kind of like how, like I said, like for the world title, I would look at it that way. I mean, this was also, you know, our generation was a lot different from the, the, the other generations where, you know, to get wrestlers to sign stuff was kind of hard because we were marks and, uh, yeah. we also didn't know where like all the wrestlers were and, and time, you know, it just didn't happen as opposed to today with all these conventions and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping like, um, yesterday I, I, I screenshotted Kari Sane's tweet and I got it blown up. So I'm hoping one day I meet her at a meet and greet and I can <laughs> have that displayed about, you know, the day she, you know, completely ruined Monday night raw. Let's go out to, uh, Sam in Tennessee, Sam, what's going on, buddy? Hey guys, I appreciate you taking my call. I've listened all, a lot, and about the second time I've only called. But uh, one, I wanted to agree with you uh, on what happened yesterday with the tweet. Me and my youngest daughter, we always watch uh, Monday Night Raw. And of course, her two favorites are Bailey and Sasha, so we kind of get invested in that. And then to hear what happened with the tweet, it, it did it did ruin everything. But um, with the uh, with the man cave, uh, two of the biggest things that I have, I used to have. Um, uh, growing up, I lived in Lexington, Kentucky, and, and uh, Lawler and Dundee, uh, Memphis Wrestling used to come into Rep Arena a lot. Got a lot of the autographs from there, some pictures with uh, with some of the stars, and uh, with my dad who passed away a couple of years ago. But I also have, um, a couple of years ago in Knoxville, uh, Flair and the Horsemen uh, were there. And, of course, huge Rick Flair fan, huge uh, Four Horsemen fan. And here I am, I'm getting to stand next to Rick Flair, Putting up the full horseman signa, the, the the full horseman uh, sign uh, with Wyndham, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, J.J. Dillon, and of course the Nature Boy, and I've got uh, a title belt and that picture hanging on my wall. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. But I uh, wanted to just wanted to, to share that with you all. I appreciate you taking my call. All right, you got it. And that's the other thing too. And Sam, thanks for the phone call, which I love. I love phone calls like that because, like I mentioned, that. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter autograph, and I'm going to post that in a little bit on uh, our social media platforms at David LaGreca1 and at Busted Open Radio. 
the reason why it means so much to me is because it was an event that my dad took me to. So when I look at that autograph, yes, it's the match between Sergeant Slaughter and Ric Flair. It's yes, it's because Sergeant Slaughter was kind enough to sign it. But it's also because it reminds me of my dad taking me to the match. I I remember exactly where we sat and where what section we were in. And my father, my father took me to to many different uh, wrestling events at the Meadowlands. It wasn't just one. He took me a lot. And uh, when they had the last ever wrestling event at the Meadowlands before they shut it down, I made sure that like I took pictures of every section that my dad took me to and stuff like that. I mean, I think more than anything, it's it's more than just meeting the person or getting that piece of memorabilia, Tommy. It's more about the memories that are connected with that piece of memorabilia. Absolutely. Um, my entrance has been the same for a long, long time. Uh, my entrance was always the same in ECW, but then I changed it when I went to WWE and I would stop and I would always look to the left, look to the right. Uh, at once the thing opened up the entrance way. And when I would get on the mat after watching, wiping my feet, I would always point and I would point to the section. Uh, normally I just would point randomly, but I would always go to a higher section uh, for a couple of reasons, but the main reason the first time I did it was when I went to wrestle for the first time at Madison Square Garden. I got swelled up with emotion. I was wrestling Perry Saturn, and I just pointed to that section, and it was more for myself. And I was like, "That's where I was as a kid, and now look where I am today." And that started, and I would, and then I pounded my chest, and the pound of my chest is for that, but it was also the pound of my chest is for the ECW fan. When, especially when they chant ECW, it's an acknowledgement, but it's also just being a fan and I'm still a fan, but blessed to cross over. And that's kind of how my, I changed my entrance to in WWE. And then usually about six to eight minutes later, I would lose. So my would just be on my back looking up at those lights. But, uh, (laughs) before that's, that's, um, that's a weird Tommy dreamer story that, uh, never shared, but that's why I did it because of those memories. And that's how wrestling connects us. I have that night of champions, uh, program still, um, in laminated somewhere. I think it's in my mother's house. I told you I have the program of, uh, Arnold Skolan gave me my first ever autograph. Um, I still have the dusty roads picture from my first ever, the time I saw, uh, dusty roads where I knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And those are things that connect you to people and connect you to events. I know I also somewhere I have, uh, a Dusty Baker and Manny Moda autographed baseball. Just that was the first ever autograph I ever got in my life. And like that was golden to me. And, you know, a lot of people have that. You know, a lot of professionals have that too. And, you know, some of them don't acknowledge it uh, just because they played the game. But uh, on my House of Hardcore podcast, I interviewed uh, Jason Kendall, who's a, a catcher, uh, and his father played the game. And his one piece of memorabilia he had was a Rod Carew baseball because Rod Carew was his guy, even though his father was a pro baseball player. And him and his brother used the ball and it went into the gutter and they lost the ball. And then when he became a major league player, he told the story to Rod Carew, who, and he was like, Rod Carew was at my house as a kid. And, but I asked him because that was the only piece of memorabilia I ever had in my life. And I mean, once you become a performer, you get different accolades and you could see it when on different interviews, you'll see people who have got the titles behind them. And like, it is, it's cool, man. It really, like I said, it's a connection and it's why people I feel listen to this show, but it's a connection to something uh, of a, you know, memory like that. When it's time to go to the track, to the track, serious, serious, NASCAR radio's got you. Here we go. Tune in to Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Or listen on the phone when you get out of the car with the Sirius XM app. We're back on the track. Sunday. At 2 p.m. Eastern. With NASCAR Cup Series Racing. Everything's happening so fast. It's the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301. From New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yeah, they take it. On Sirius XM. On Sirius, Sirius XM. NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. Very, very, very well done. <laughs> You know, star of Impractical Jokers, star of the Misery Index, and of course, the movie Impractical Jokers, the one and only Sal Vacano. Sal, how are you this morning? Hey, guys, I finally made it. <laughs> I know it's hard, to, it's hard to commute to your living room. Um, I, see, I, see, I see you have a, a wrestling t-shirt on. I love that. Yeah. I, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I just I have so many that 
It's just not everyday wear. But yeah, got the Macho Man on, who actually lived on Staten Island. We claimed him for a while. Yeah. (laughs) I'm from Staten Island. He lived on Staten Island. It was like, and it was like during the height too. Like it was like during, it was like all anyone talked about because my, my aunt worked at Pathmark at the time and it was his local supermarket. And he used to just come in and like shop at Pathmark. And we'd be like, we'd be like oh my God, like we had to, we would like hang out at Pathmark. Like he probably went in once every month. We'd hang out in Pathmark like every, like a couple of days a week, just trying to, to bump into him. Yeah. I'm just here to get some oranges and some apples. <laughs> <laughs> so Sal, before, you know, Bully and Tommy, I know got a ton of stories to share with you because you've had them on your show as well, but you know, sure. kind of a topic that we've been talking about with the busted open nation this morning is about, you know, best pieces of pro wrestling memorabilia. Do you own like a piece of memorabilia uh, pro wrestling related that you're really proud of? Yeah, I have, um, I have a turnbuckle from, from one night, which I really like which I'm proud of. I have, I mean, I bought, I bought my own belt. So I don't know if you mean like actual memorabilia from someone, but I, I do walk around the house with my intercontinental belt. Um, I, uh, I was just listening to you guys talk about the waiting online. I, one of the stories I was going to, bring on I had exactly to do with that in, in 2002 uh piper had a, his book come out in the in the pit with piper it was called yeah. and uh he was doing a book signing in uh in times square at the whatever the big i think it was like a barn it wasn't a barnes and noble but something like that and um we waited online i went up with q and uh, we waited online to get this thing signed and we waited um from from outside to inside and then the inside line wrapped around. And I'd say we were online a, a couple hours maybe. And we're getting close to him. And uh, he was there with his son. And um, he was, the reason it took so long was because he was taking his time with every single person. He got up out of the chair to greet every person, then ask them about themselves. And then, and it was like, we all appreciate, I would wait for hours. I wouldn't care because, and we were like, wow, like he's, I was so impressed. I actually never saw anyone do it that like he, he was, you could tell too, wasn't just going through the motions. And so when we got up there, you know, Q, Q goes for Brian. Q is Brian Quinn. He's on, he's on my show in practical jokers. I'm just talking like people know. Um, he's on my and- show. <laughs> he's on our show so it is his show <laughs> i hired you to be on my show in practice no um on our show and um uh, i went up and I, I was nervous right and uh he got up and i was like um i mean he's top you know top three for me maybe you know so top five definitely uh and i maybe even arguably one depending on when you ask me right and then i was like um oh my god you know Mr. Piper or whatever. Like I, I'm such a huge fan of yours. And I was at WrestleMania too. Um, and my dad took me, it was the first wrestling event I ever went to. And, uh, when you were boxing, Mr. T, like we were in the nosebleeds and he's like, we're going down. And just for that match, my dad took me and he said, just don't worry. Just, and he put me on his shoulders and then we just walked back then. I don't know what he did, but we walked through and they didn't check our ticket. I guess if you walk through with confidence, like back then they didn't check it. And also people had already rushed, like kind of was rushing the stage at that point. Cause it was such a scene when he, when they boxed and I was on my dad's shoulders. I remember taking like the pictures with the old film camera where you had to wait for it to warm up and stuff. And I was so nervous. I wasn't going to get all the shots off and I'm taking photos and, and like there's people at the th- throwing buckets and they started fighting and everything. And I was like, I just was like, it was my first wrestling memory and it'll be always be my favorite wrestling memory. And he, as I'm telling him, he gets tears in his eyes. Right. And he's looking at me and his son's right there. And he's like, you know, I have this relationship with my son. This is my son. And his son said hello to me and he has tears in his eyes. And he's like, I just, this is amazing. Like I, it means so much to me. And he was so sincere and he had tears in his eyes and he grabbed me and he hugs me. Right. Like tight, like tight. And I like, I'm like, I could get tears in my eyes. So he has tears in his eyes. I have tears in my eyes. He's hugging me. He pulls away and he goes, so how long has like dad not been with us? And I'm like, my dad's home if i misled you my dad i my dad's fine i'm so sorry (laughs) he goes so 
when did, you know, how long has dad not been around? And I was like, I, I just, like, my whole body froze because I was like, this whole time he's crying. He thinks I was telling him I lost. I didn't say that, but he might've just interpreted yeah. it. And I was like, oh, my dad's fine. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. And like, we had tears in our eyes as I'm telling him my dad's fine. And I'm like, why were we welling up? I, I, I'm confused now. <laughs> Uh, I will never, that was my, I mean, I'll never forget that interaction. You know what I mean? Like that was, but he, that's the kind of time he took. That's the kind of time he took. He crying with me. (laughs) You you know, you know, what's interesting. Um, I, I might be wrong. I get hit in the head a lot, but I think the young bucks actually went to meet Piper one time also, and they had a similar story and they had such an appreciation for Piper spending so much time with the fans that that's why the Bucks spend so much time with the fans when they're doing meet and greets. And if you, and if you ask any young Bucks fans, they're like, yeah, when we meet the Bucks, it's awesome because they take the time to talk to us. They hang out with us. They ask us questions. So I think that Piper has left that same impression on a lot of fans. Well, I'll tell you right now. So we do uh, meet and greets. We, we, we now stop them because it's like, literally we cannot, it's just, it's just too hard on our voice. And on, cause we, you know, but we used to for years and years and years, we did our meet and greets and instead of doing them like um, line up and sign, take a picture of thank you. And they move on. What we did was instead we did a specific number of people. Like we started at like 120, then we had to reduce it, but like we did like, and then what we do is we just let them into a room with us for an hour and then there's four of us so we would like kind of like was able to it was manageable we divide and conquer type of thing but they just come in no line no anything and and we just hang out for an hour with those people and it's like when you give them that kind of respect and that kind of freedom they come they they chat with you you sign something then they they move along to the next guy and it's it it, kind of works itself out and part of the reason that we did it like that was because we were like, look, if we, if these people are going to meet us, we want it to be in a way that shows that we, you know, respect their time as well. And so like we took, a, I took a note from that too. And that's how we did meet and greets for years and years and years. And it's, it's different. It's a different experience because we would hear people like, like actually famous people, like, like rock stars or whatever, what they do. And it's just like, they kind of just have to cattle them through. And it's like, hi, hello. I, and then just go, and then it's just, and that's it. And so it's like, and not that, not anything. If, hey, look, if you're doing that too, and you're giving it time, you're giving it time. But we were just like, how can we, how can we be different? How can we do a different approach to this? So yeah. So I mean, I took a, I took a note from that too, for sure. Sure. You know how insane this is because I'm looking at all four of you in a box, and how big the world is, and how big wrestling is. Me and Dave Lagreca were at Night of Champions together. Me and Bully Ray were at MSG where Jimmy Snooker jumped off the cage as fans. And I was at WrestleMania in Long Island as well. Uh, with that. And that was the first time, like, I remember everyone chanting bullshit and like, I'm cursing in front of my father. <laughs> and I was just like, Ooh, but like though, how wrestling connects, like I'm literally looking at four of us and I was like, I've been at shows in the same building with these same people that I didn't know. And now I'm, you know, friends with all them. And it's just, that's insane when they say again, how big the universe is, but again, how really small it is. It's very, very cool. I like that. Wow. Right. I will tell you like, also I went to, to go back to me taking pictures at WrestleMania two and worrying so much about the camera warming up like that one ten film or whatever it was. Um, The WrestleMania two photos, they did not, they did not come out when I got them, when I dropped them all wow. like back in the day. I don't know if young kids remember this, but like it was not guaranteed. The photos were coming out sometimes. And if the camera got exposed, the film got exposed when you were like winding it or whatever, and they didn't come out, I was crushed. So to make up for it, my dad got us tickets to a house show the next time, like it came through. I think it was, it was probably at the at the garden maybe back then it was at the garden and uh, this time and I don't know how he did it but we sat in the fourth row and those came out and to this day and I was so nervous about them not coming out my dad got me a Polaroid camera oh nice. my god so that I could take them and make sure they came out as I was taking them I have every one of those I have pictures of Piper Hogan Hillbilly Jim Big John Stud and. Uh, and I just remember, like, I'll tell you another a human moment, another human moment happened. Because I looked at those guys as larger than life, right? Like, I, 
I just worshiped him. And I remember Iron Mike Sharp got thrown. It was at that time they were the steel, steel, uh, di- like, uh, dividers. He got thrown over it and he was in the aisle, like, and I was in the fourth round. He was laying in front of me. <laughs> and I just was like, I couldn't believe it. And then he used to just wear simple black tights and, and just black boots. And I guess his boot was kind of open a little bit and he got flipped over and he was laying in front of me and I took a picture and I have the picture somewhere and under his boot was a tube sock. (laughs) It was was a tube sock with two, like with two red lines, like the classic quintessential, like gym tube sock white that you pull up, but it it just something about it. Like you didn't think that was what was under that, like that shiny boot. And I just remember being like, Oh my God, this is like, He's just a regular guy. He's got a tube sock under there. And I had that photo and, and that was another, that was like a moment I'll never forget. Cause that was like, Oh, they they also can be normal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, when you see like your school teacher, if you ever run out into them, like at the supermarket and they're in street clothes and like, look at this person, they're a real person. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like that kind of thing. You know, Tommy, okay, he's you got just a tube said, sock. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tommy, really quick, because you just said how how small the world is and how you and Bully were at the show at the Garden with Snuka and, and Morocco and you and I were at the Meadowlands for that night of champions. Sal is telling that story. And I, Sal, I swear I haven't thought of this in f- over 30 years. And it just brought chills because I went to a wrestling show at the Meadowlands and we were in the upper deck. And I had the camera, and I took the pictures. They came out, but we were so far away, you couldn't see anything. So my father got ringside seats at William Patterson College Rec Center, um, and he ga- he gave me a Polaroid to take to the show. And first of all, how do you get in? You would never be able to get into a show nowadays with a freaking big camera. They would never let you in. And I took pictures of Jake the Snake Roberts and Billy Jack Haynes with that Polaroid. Sal, I swear, I had not thought of that in like over 30 years. It, 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 I, cold sweat. You really yeah. in that story, man. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fun to share with you guys because like, you never really get to not, you know, if, if people aren't into it, like I, this doesn't come up, you know what I mean? I don't know if I've ever really talked about that. So it is even to talk about it out loud now I like, and relive it. You really like start to like remember little things that you didn't prior. Yeah. Makes you appreciate, you know, that part to me, why I'd say it's a connection. It's simpler times. Like my father, all, all of our fathers are, have passed. And it's those little moments where I was a kid, your dad is your hero and you know my father was healthy and it's just this you don't got to worry about nothing stage in your life and it's a great moment and speaking of great moments because i've heard it from bully ray can you tell me about your fan interaction with one bully ray from your words please (laughs) and i hope it's as good as you and roddy piper i i i I'd, i'd love to hear it from his but i don't even think this i don't even know if i've ever talked to you bully about like after you walked away what happened too (laughs) <laughs> so, so let me, all right, so here it is. So it's, ju- it's the summer of 99, 99. Uh, and uh, it's, it is a July 4th show actually at bar anticipation in Belmar, New Jersey. Um, just so happened the year prior was the year I hit the age where me and my friends would get a summer house. And on the weekends when, when we weren't working, we'd go down together and it's just 20 guys in a house. And it was like the thing, like our older brothers did it. Like people, even I think my, my parents, like it was like a thing. It's a thing when you're on the East coast. So we started going down and I had fallen out of wrestling. I, I watch it religiously as a kid to like maybe WrestleMania six or something like that. And, and then I like kind of like stop watching a little bit now. So when this, when you guys, when that boom started again with like ECW and everything, I was peripherally aware of it. I was not watching it, but so many of the guys in my house, it was on in the shore house 24 seven. And this was like, you know, when it was like Goldberg, Austin and then ECW. And it was like the height of that. Right. And you guys, and I would watch and I couldn't believe what I was watching because this was not what I knew at all. And I, I just, I, I, I almost couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. So they were like, we're going to go to this show, which only was blocks from where we were. And we're going to see, I said, I'm, I'm going, I'm going. And I only knew of you guys through stories that like they told me and what I briefly saw. And you guys had, uh, I mean, Dudley boys had, had been, um, at, 
an event on Staten Island in this place called the Fun Bubble, and <laughs> things went south. <laughs> I, I wasn't there, but I heard that things went south. And I was in that match. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't there. Yeah, so I, I don't exactly know the specifics, but I heard there was just like a. a like a brawl in the place with like the cops came and it was just like a mayhem type deal. It was and a riot. It was a it straight was a up riot. riot. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I was a riot. And like, you guys were literally involved in like fighting. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I was wondering if it was like a work or not, but they were like, no, the cops were there and, and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's like some serious stuff. So I, but I wasn't really sure, but I was like, I was a little, so we get to, we get to bar and bar a, they call it right. Wait online. It's a, it's a 95 degree day at least. And every, they had a parking lot in front and the way they did the cars was like, you pulled the car in and then a car pulled behind you and a car pulled behind that car. There was no, like they had to pack that lot the only way they could. So it was just like first come first row. Then, you know, so this thing was, I mean, it was, Car after car after car, whatever the parking lot was, there might have been maybe like 60, 70, 80 cars in that parking lot. And we're waiting online and they didn't open yet. And the line, it was had to be at capacity. The line went all the way around the parking lot. It snaked around and there were these stanchions up, like these metal stanchions were changing. Everybody was in the, the line and we were on the far end of the parking lot in the line and just waiting. And it was hot, man. And then all of a sudden, Bully pulls up in his car which is another weird thing to see him pull up in his car. It's like, wow. And he got out of your car. It was the clear end of the other side of the parking lot. And he pulled up and he got out and I was like, Oh, there he is. There's Bully, right? And we're like, uh, Oh wow. And um, for some reason to this day that I still am unaware of myself. I don't know why. I don't know what came over me or why I said this. I think I was just like, I don't know why I thought it was a good idea and I didn't mean it, but like, I, I just, I just was like, let me do this. This is what people do. I've been watching me scream and all this stuff. And I said, can, can I say the other name? Can I say what I said? You say, yeah, whatever, whatever you said, you say, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, I just said out loud, everybody was silent, everybody. And it's not even of my character. You got to understand it. Okay. <laughs> this is not even of my character. I, I, you, he knows me. He knows me now. You guys know me now. I am like, who you know is who I've always been, but something came inside of my, like something possessed me. And I said <laughs> across the, in front of like, in front of 300 fans, I went, Hey, Bubba Ray Dudley, you fat fuck. <laughs> I would never say that to a human being. I would never say it to a wrestler. I don't know why I said it. I think we just watched some crazy match and they were telling me how it is. And I was like, I want to be part of this. And let me just throw this real good ribbing in. And I shouted it out. And then I like, kind of like just turned a little bit. Right. And everybody looked at me and I was with 15 friends, 15. And my friend, Jeff goes, Sal, he's coming over here. And I said, I said, yeah, don't worry about it. He goes, all right. And then like a couple of seconds later, he goes, no, Sal, he's like, he's coming over here with, with Gusto. Like he's coming, he's coming at us. And I said, Jeff, I said, there's no way he can know it's me. There's 400 people online. Don't worry about it. And he goes, all right. And then I turned around and I saw him, I saw him maneuvering over cars like the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> he jumped. He jumped over yeah, a like hood. Yeah, like the and the deuce of action. He slid over the headlights. He was he was he was not he was taking the the fastest most direct route toward me. Like he wasn't even like and he wasn't walking. He was like <laughs> moving at a pace that was like he was hunting. And <laughs> and and then I said, "All right, let me just turn my back because even if he thinks it's from this area, when he gets over here, it'll just be it won't be me." And then. I made the mistake again. I, maybe I was the only one with my back turned. I don't know how he knew it with me. To this day, if you remember, tell me, please, because to this day, I can't believe you knew it was me. And maybe it's because I, I turned around the last second. I see him hop over a car, and then he takes the chain. From the, it's a metal chain. I don't even know how this happened. The chains were hooked up to stanchions. He grabs the chain and he yanks it, and a metal chain popped out of a metal stanchion. And he, he broke the chain. And that was like eight, five feet from me. And I literally, he just walked right up to me and me alone. 
And I look, and I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't look at him. And he said, say it again to my face. And I said, uh, I turned into Rain Man. I was like, I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a big fan. I'm just a big fan, Mr. Lully. I'm just a big fan. I'm just a, and he goes, you think you're fucking, he goes, you want to yell it? Yell it right now. I'm right here. Yell it to my face. And I had a Yankee hat on and he took the Yankee cap off and hit me in the face with it. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I wouldn't look up. I wouldn't look up. I'm like, look, I'm just, he goes, he goes, let's say it. I go, I, I, I didn't even say I didn't say it. I just admitted it. I just, was like, <laughs> I was like, I, 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 look, I, I, I just want to be part of the show. I just want to be part of the show. And, he, and I wouldn't look up because I felt, oh, so this is what, this is also what's happening, right? As he's doing this, they got security there, right? They're in these yellow windbreakers, let's say security. And they run over and they're flanked, like it, they're on either side of us. He's right hovering above me. They're on either side of us. And I see my friend Eddie next to me and he's, he's pushing his body and weight in his hip into a security guard to push the security guard in between the two of us. And the security guard is pushing back. Like he didn't want to get in between us. Like my friends, I see him. He was like, he was trying to nudge the security guard. And I see the security guard like leaning against it. And I'm like, I'm not going to have any help here. So I, I, and in my head, I'm thinking fun bubble in the fun bubble. They, they, there was a brawl. I, I can't, I don't want to be, I don't want to give you any indication that I am going to in any way, shape or form mouth off to you anymore. So I looked and I'm just like, if I look up, I wonder if you take my head off at one swipe. I really did. I mean, clearly you were just intimidating me, but like I, 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 it works. It works. Right. So he throws my hat back at me and he like, you like said something and then you turn around and you start to walk back. Right. And the crowd, I mean, it. you could have heard a pin drop through all this. A pin, I mean, not one person, not one person made a word, said a word, uh, made a sound. And he's walking back. And as he turns and starts to walk back, they erupted into applause. They erupted. The whole crowd just like, yeah. And they're cheering for him. Right? So I, think, I was like so nervous that my hand was like shaking. Like, I got a surge of adrenaline. You know, because I didn't know what was going to happen. I remember my hand was shaking and I, I watched and I watched and he went all the way back through the cars, back in, right to the depot. And then he went in. And when he went in and the, the, the door closed, finally, I was like, wow. Like, I just was like, holy shit. And at the time I smoked and I remember I, I was sh like, my hand was shaking. I took out, I took out a cigarette and I lit it. And I remember my hand was shaking like this and every single person was staring at me. And so I was like, I don't know if I ever told you this part, Billy, but I, I, I stepped out of the line and my hand was shaking. I took a drag and everyone was looking at me and I said, anybody else got a fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I allowed to curse? Yes, yes it's five. Yeah. You did it five times. It doesn't <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's right. You said, said whatever I say. So I said it. No, it's good. Wow, I'm sorry. Awesome. I, won't, I won't curse again, but yeah. No, no, so no. I, it's okay. I, <laughs> it's satellite radio. It's fine. Yeah, I know, I know, but I want to be respectful. See what I mean? It's not my character. But um, <laughs> he no, brings but, that in all of us. Trust me. <laughs> and then, uh, and then everyone just lined up and had me sign the their programs, and I was writing, I was writing F Bubba on all of them. <laughs> Uh, I remember the, the next day they had a write-up, like it was like wrestling blog sites, like <laughs> earlier blog sites, and like a few blog sites wrote it up, and they wrote about the, the, the incident in the parking lot too. My friend sent it to me in an email, which I printed, and I have, and I will find next time I'll, I'll print it, and I will read you the write-up of what, what it said. But uh, the rest of that event, was it was a wild event, uh, and you guys were basically, the, the wrestling ring was in the sand, so this bar was indoor-outdoor, and they had the sand, like a, a volleyball, outdoor volleyball court, that was where the wrestling ring was, and the, the match that you were in that day, Bully, you guys went, basically used the whole space, at one time you were behind the outdoor bar, literally hitting each other in the head with Corona bottles, I don't know how you guys did this. But um, as you as you guys as the fight went everywhere, my friends made a wall in front of me so that you wouldn't see me again, because I was so scared that if you saw me again, the, you would turn red again, especially in the middle of a match, and maybe just like come after me. So it was so funny. Like as you moved, we moved away throughout the whole match. That's amazing. Uh, total sidebar. <laughs> I just told this story on on the House of Hardcore podcast. 
Big Dick Dudley hated getting cut or busted open and Balls Mahoney rammed him into the bar and Big Dick cut his hand on glass and he like went and then looked at Balls and took a Jack Daniels bottle and just broke it over Balls' head Yeah, and Balls is the baby face and Dick is chasing him through the crowd and Balls is just screaming, sorry, Dick, sorry, Dick. And so the good guy is running from the bad guy, which is total, not supposed to happen, but it was just what me and Bubba like to call Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Sal, man, unfortunately, like it's already, I know you're doing a bunch of media. Let's keep going. I know he's got a bunch of media to do. We have to get you back on the show again, Sal. I'm so sorry it took this long, guys. I, it wasn't it wasn't because I didn't want to be on like this. I felt like we've been on five minutes. This was so so, so fun. I'll come anytime. I gotta I tell Q and we'll come on together next time too. Are you doing a show uh, in Cape Cod in the in the next month or so? Yes, actually, um, I just took this drive-in theater outdoor stand-up show, which I had a whole tour that I had to cancel, unfortunately. And it was a, like a theater tour, um, and me and the guys canceled our tour, but. They're doing these drive-in shows now. I wanted to get up back on stage. So August 22nd at the Cape Cod drive-in uh, tickets went on sale yesterday. It's like a pre-sale right now. Um, and uh, the code is summer. And I, yeah, so I, I'm excited. Who knows what that's going to bring doing a, a drive-in show. I've never played to cars before, but you know, as a comic, you just want to get up and you want to get out there and stuff. So I want to get the experience. So yeah, people come out August 22nd. It'll be a fun time. I'm not sure what to expect, but that's kind of the fun of it. And then you can also see Sal on Impractical Jokers on True TV, The Misery Index on TBS, and, of course, the movie that's out now, too. Sal, again, thank you so much for the time. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We didn't even get to you guys uh, on Jokers, and, and that's so much stuff I wanted to talk about, too. So I'll definitely I'll come back on real soon if you'll have me. I'll, I'll reach out and try to come back. It's been a while, but the NHL is coming back. Andre, he's in for a shot. He scores! Yeah, he's still with him. Here's a one-timer and a score! Follow all the action. Hear the most in-depth analysis. And follow your favorite team all the way to the Stanley Cup Final. The NHL is back on Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, Sirius XM 91. It's, again, funny, man. We're all telling these these stories. We're all being at these same events. And I have a Roddy Piper story that I love to share. And I've said it before, on, but, you know, we have a whole new audience. So we're on the European tour. And Roddy Piper is, he's tag team champions with Ric Flair. And I can't sleep. I'm doing cardio. It's late at night. And uh, Roddy was in a bad place. And I'm across from the gym is the pool. And I'm seeing Roddy and I walk by and I was like, hey, Roddy. And he's like, and he's not right. And he's sitting at the edge of the pool and I'm doing cardio. And he's like wobbling a little bit. He was, uh, he was self-medicating, but I mean, this is a public story, but there's more to it. And I'm just doing cardio. And all of a sudden I see him go headfirst into the pool, into the water. And I'm like, still doing cardio. And I'm like, uh, he's not coming up. <laughs> so I jump off the machine. I dive into the pool. I, he's drowning but he's on, he's self-medicated. He's not even fighting it. I pull him out of the pool. Pretty much. I mean, I didn't have to do CPR on him or anything, but, and so then I call a couple of the agents and I'm just like, I call their rooms. I was like, listen, Roddy's in a really bad way. We got to get him to his room. And, you know, in, in the UK, there was always like a lot of fans in the hotel. We get a luggage cart. We get his key to his room. We put him on the luggage cart, put blankets over him and literally wheel him to his room. And then the next day there's a lot of like scuttlebutt behind it. And he's not right. He's at the doctors and like everyone's saying, Oh man, he's on drugs. He's on drugs. He's on drugs. And this is the night him and flair lose the title, the tag titles to the spirit squad. And me and Adam are there and Roddy the whole day he was like, just not, he was to himself, but he was also in another room after the thing, he's in the back and, and me and uh, Adam go to say, like, you know, great match, whatever. Are you feeling all right? And he's crying. And he's like, I asked for the nameplate 
for me on my title. It's the last title I ever hold it. And they said, no, I can't have it. And he's like, after all the stuff I did for this company, they won't let me have it. And he goes, I just want to give it to my boy. I just want to give it to my son because I know it's my last time. I'm not coming back here. And he's crying, dude. And I was just like, let's go. So me and Edge go and we go to Magic and they have the nameplate. And like we're like, hey, man, this guy's name is Richie. He no longer works in WWE. Great, great guy. And we're like, why'd you tell Roddy he can't have the nameplate? He goes, listen, man, it has nothing to do with me. If we switch the titles tomorrow and then we need that nameplate, we're over here in the UK. I can't get a new one because I'll lose my job. And we're like, Roddy's in bad shape, man. You know, they're not going to put the title on him. He goes, all right, I know. He goes, listen, I'm going to go get some coffee, but his nameplate is over there. So I'm just letting you know, I'm going to get coffee and I'm going to be gone for about five to 10 minutes. So we're like, okay, cool. (laughs) I run over again. I take that nameplate, put it in a little towel. We go and, and Roddy just finished showering and Adam goes up to Roddy and he's just like, <clears throat> Hey man, uh, Tommy just did something, uh, for you and you cannot say what he did or it was him, but he got this for you. And I gave him his nameplate from the WWE tag title and he starts crying. I mean, bawling, crying and I'm crying and Edge is crying and he's hugging us. And he's like, this is about the brotherhood. This is about the brotherhood of wrestling. And this is what it's all about, us taking care of each other. And he's hugging us. And like the most powerful embrace another man has given me outside of like, you know, my father. And we're all just weeping like little boys. So anyway, Roddy does let get, let, get let go from WWE but it turned out he had a cancer diagnosis. And that was the whole problem, the issue going because of this. So now we'll fast forward to Roddy's return to Madison Square Garden. And when you go to Madison Square Garden, you walk up this long rampway and I'm just walking by and I see him and like my face like lights up. Like here's Roddy Piper. I saved his life the night before. I friggin' had this amazing moment. I gave him this name plate on his last ever title. And I come running. I was like arms out, like kind of like slow distance running towards a lover. Like, and I'm like, Roddy. And I get right up to him to give him a big bro hug. And he goes, Roddy Piper, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was like, what, what Roddy? It's me. Like, and then It totally was not even, (laughs) he didn't remember any of it. Years later, he remembered all of it, but it was just like, my heart was like, "Eh, and I'm not a fan. I am Tommy dreamer in WWE and totally like marking out for like, you know, I was at WrestleMania one, Roddy Piper shared locker rooms had no clue who I was. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know if that's a tremendous story or a heartbreaking story. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome because we became super close and he always knew who edge was, but I mean, like, like he's doing, Bubba was doing his podcast and like 40 minutes in, he goes, wait, you're the one who put Mae Young through a table. And then he knew who Bubba was. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 